Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, we've got a great show on tap today. We're going to talk with David Blackman in a few minutes. Omar Garcia is going to be in studio. But first, we've got some housekeeping to get out of the way. I'm so jealous of your vacation. I went on vacation in February and, and wound up having to have surgery because I of it. I tore my tour attendant, and we're not going to talk about that. But let's talk about your vacation. I just returned from Cabo San Lucas. Um, and I will say it was my first time to be there, and uh, I will go every year now. It's amazing out there. It's beautiful. Mexico is just a, a very uh, a special place. Um, and Cabo is, uh, you know, they're so used to tourists, and um, it's affordable in the sense that, uh, you know, the year before I went to Costa Rica, and Costa Rica was considerably more expensive than Cabo San Lucas. Uh, amazing. A, a sea lion jumped into our boat because we were feeding them fish. Um, it's even the sea lions are friendly in Mexico. What can I say? A <laughs> uh, whale watching tour. Didn't you, didn't you do that? We saw, yes. Uh, whales were right by uh, our boat and uh, just we caught fish and we took it uh, right off the marina into a restaurant right there and uh, they cooked it up and made this amazing uh, platter for us. Uh, I've never been, and like I said, I, I will go back uh, every year. The people are so friendly. Um, the, the the hotels are amazing. It didn't matter which one we walked in. It was just beautiful, and, uh, you know, drinks are flowing. They're amazing. Uh, I, I just, you know, and I thought hearing about it would make me less jealous, but now I'm more jealous. So Save your money <laughs> like I do once a year to go on vacation. Let's talk about the new issue of Shale Magazine. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Um, Our issue, this issue, is uh, the president and CEO of Incana. uh, And Incana is a huge publicly traded company. Doug Suttles is their president and CEO, and he's an amazing man. He's got an amazing story. Uh, You know, what makes great energy companies, Alvin, in my opinion, are their leaders and then the people that work at these companies. And in my job, as the publisher of Shell Magazine, is to tell these great stories and, and our team. And uh, he's a special uh, kind of guy. When you when you start reading that article and his personality comes out and his beliefs, and it makes you want to go and apply to work at Incana. He's great, and uh, the culture's great. So uh, I'm excited about this story. You get the online issue at shalemag.com. It's out now. Let's talk. I see the phone line is blinking, so that's going to be David Blackman, and we need to join up with him in just a second. But let's talk real quick about Teak. Oh, well, you know, we had a very successful Texas Energy Advocates Coalition Day in Austin. Uh, there was about 60 to 70 of us that were uh, that went to Austin that day, and uh, we wanted to have our voices heard as people of the community living here in Texas, taxpayers, and we wanted them to know that even though we don't necessarily work in oil and gas, we support the energy sector. And so we got to visit our elected officials, sit down with them, shake their hands, take pictures, and tell them that, uh, you know, funding the Railroad Commission is important 
passing a clean bill that reinstates the Texas Railroad Commission as is as important to us and that we support all energy and they need to hear our voice. And and I think they heard it. So it was great. It was a a wonderful, wonderful day. Go to shalemag.com, click on the teak button and join. It's free. It's not all, we're not lobbyists. No. We're just a group of people that support this amazing oil and gas industry and energy industry in the state of Texas. So go to shellmag.com, click on Teak, and join. And you know, Alvin, when session is not ongoing, we do a whole lot of networking and give businesses opportunities to showcase their businesses throughout the year. So it's a great opportunity to grow your business if you're a salesperson, if you're an entrepreneur. Get involved and get engaged in growing your business. Shellmag.com, click on the Teak banner and join today. It's time now to join up with our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shale Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. David, a lot of activities going on, of course, uh, in the Texas uh, legislature as well as uh, in Washington, D.C. I want to start with Washington, D.C. Give us a heads up about what's happening or what's not happening in Washington, D.C. pertaining to oil and gas. Well, it's more about what's not happening than what is, and what's not happening is the Senate doing anything. Um, the uh, the House has used the Congressional Review Act to, uh, you know, uh, congressionally reverse several of the Obama administration's late regulatory actions uh, here in the first couple of months of the session, and the Senate hasn't taken anything up. Um, Wait, 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 let me stop. When you say they haven't yeah. taken anything up, you, you mean they are not working? Well, they're, they they have the bills in hand. They have sponsors for the bills, but they're not being scheduled to uh, for debate and votes on the floor. And so we have things like the BLM's hydraulic fracturing rule has been reversed by the House. Uh, the BLM's land planning regulation that was, you know, shoved through at the last minute of the Obama administration has been reversed by the House. And uh, the uh, Interior Department's new royalty valuation regulation was shoved through at the last minute, and which dramatically increases uh, royalty obligations on federal leases. Uh, that's been reversed by the House. But none of those have been scheduled for votes in the Senate, despite constant, continual promises uh, by uh, Mitch McConnell's office that they're going to be every week comes and goes without any votes. And so it'd probably be good for listeners to start contacting their senators and, and asking why that is. Um, you know, the House has, and just not related to oil and gas things, I mean, they've, they've uh, used the Congressional Review Act on over a dozen different regulations now, and the Senate has failed to vote on any of them so far. So it's, you know, typical Washington politics. You do hear a lot that they're not, yeah, that they're not doing anything down there. And and they're, uh, you know, even Fox News the other day was discussing, uh, why are you guys not working? I think they had actually uh, cornering on uh, and asking, you know, why are y'all taking so many days off and not getting anything accomplished? Uh, You know, Republicans have been waiting a very long time for uh, an administration that wants to get to work, and it seems like you guys are kind of not wanting to work. Yeah, the, the Congress is in session eight days during the month of March, and is scheduled to be in session only 12 days during the month of April. So, yeah, they're not really working. They're not working. <laughs> they're still collecting their paychecks. So I think what we need to do uh, is uh, pick up our phone and call our Texas uh, D.C. senators 
and ask them uh, when are they planning on putting some of these uh, bills uh, in and start uh, debating them and start getting things done. Um, and it's us, our con- their constituents that they listen to. So uh, I'm with you, David. Pick up the phone and contact your D.C. senator and ask them uh, when are they going to start passing bills and getting things scheduled for hearings. Um, anything else going on? Let's let's switch gears and let's talk a little bit about uh, Texas politics. What's going on uh, in the Texas legislature right now? Anything exciting? Well, I, you know, the Railroad Commission um, Sunset Review is, has been the top priority this session, and, and it continues to move through the process, a clean bill that uh, reauthorizes the commission for 12 years. Um, and then there's also uh, efforts going on to increase the funding for the commission which would be a, a very, very good thing. And uh, it's in great shape in the House. It's been scheduled for a hearing in the Senate committee um, on the 28th. Uh, I think the votes are there for a clean bill. And uh, it looks like finally after six years of trying, we're going to get the Railroad Commission re- reauthorized for a dozen years, which is great for everybody in Texas. Does that mean they're going to get reauthorized with, with the proper funding that they need? Or do you foresee the Railroad Commission undergoing some massive budget cuts? No, I don't think there's going to be budget cuts. I mean, we started the session with a Senate uh, budget proposal, you know, an initial outline of a budget that would have enacted cuts to the commission's budget, but that's uh, that's no longer in play. And uh, I think there's going to be a fairly substantial increase in funding so that they can, you know, the biggest problem that the commission is they can't pay, well, there's several, but one of the biggest is is they can't really pay, pay competitive salaries, uh, even to the extent that salaries at the Railroad Commission are not in line with other state agencies, much less with those paid in the oil and gas industries. And so one of the things they really have to work, start working on is getting their salary structure in a place where they can retain uh, employees, uh, key employees. And uh, so that's one of the big things. And then technology is another thing that, you know, their computer systems uh, have been upgraded to some extent, but they're still very outdated and, and need a lot of work. And uh, so, you know, hopefully at the end of this session, we're going to have a pretty substantial increase in funding for the commission. And that is just so necessary. Um, and, I, you know, it's one of the most important regulatory uh, agencies that we have in our great state of Texas. So I'm kind of hearing that. Um, today is a call to action day on our uh, asking our listeners to pick up the phone, make some phone calls to your uh, D.C. senator and ask them to start getting bills uh, being heard and passed, uh, supporting oil and gas and uh, uh, get, ingo- get involved and get engaged also at the Texas legislature at that point to, to be heard. And, uh, you know, that's that's our role. That's our, our right. And, uh, and what a great gift to have that when so many countries don't have that. So, David, thank you for getting us, uh, uh, giving us an update on what's happening in D.C. land as well as uh, here in Texas. And we look forward to having you back next week on the show. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us, David. We do need to take a quick break. On the flip side, Kim, we've got Omar Garcia, the president of the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. It's going to be a great interview. I can't wait to talk to Omar. Me too. Hey, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more In the Oil Patch next. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. 
Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired to the time they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. In studio with us, the president of the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. We hadn't seen you in a while, Omar. Welcome back to the show. And would you spend just a second and tell us, remind us of what STEER's mission is and what, what is the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable? Oh, thanks for having me back, Kim and Alvin. It's always great to be back on this radio show. So STEER is the arm of the oil and gas community relations. Uh, we are involved in the community. We work with stakeholders. You don't see us in Austin. You don't see us in D.C. lobbying. Our job is to work with the community stakeholders. Um, we're out in South Texas weekly, if not daily, working with county judges, county commissioners, mayors, chambers of commerce, economic development organizations, working together to find common ground, making sure that oil and gas development uh, benefits South Texas, uh, benefits the community, and obviously benefits the industry. We want to make sure that we continue to have that social license to operate. I think what people don't understand is our companies go above and beyond what's required by the Railroad Commission, by TCEQ, to ensure that we don't have any issues, that we don't have any spills, we don't have any accidents. And so STEER is kind of that facilitator between industry and the community to make sure that this relationship continues to have a positive outcome. Omar, it's so good to have you in studio. You haven't been here in uh, almost uh, six months, a little over six months. Uh, tell me what's uh, what's been going on with you. Well, a lot has happened uh, since we last were on this show six months ago. Uh, for one, um, oil prices have uh, come up to a level where you've seen increased drilling activity. Um, back in December of 2016, the rig count in the Eagleford was at 30. Uh, as of today, that rig count is at 70. So we've seen over a 50% increase in rig counts in the last four months. And a lot of factors um, have allowed us to go back to drilling. Um, demand, um, the administration change in D.C., um, and just the overall global economy uh, is in need of more oil and gas. Omar, can we take a step back just a second and talk rig count? Because when I drive through South Texas, there's oil wells all over South Texas, but but define rig count. That's not the total number of oil wells that are producing in South Texas. Right. That is the number of rigs that are actually drilling and exploring for oil. Uh, they're, they're fulfilling lease obligations, their demand for more oil. So yeah, you've got you know, the Eagleford, depending on the day, is producing anywhere from a million to a million and a half barrels of oil per day. Uh, that's been ongoing for the last five or six years. But this is new oil that is being explored, new oil and gas coming out of the ground. Uh, you know, back in 2014, that rig count was almost 250. 
So it gives you a little bit of perspective of where we are, where we've been, and where we think we'll go. Uh, but certainly to go from 30 to 70 in a span of four months is a pretty, pretty uh, aggressive approach by the oil and gas industry. So that's 70 new d- drill bits turn into the right. Right. That's right. So what does that look like in the way of uh, economic development for these communities where where we have been when we uh, had a very small amount of rigs running versus where we are now? Um, I, obviously, jobs are coming back, but um, are the major operators hiring right now at this point? Um, do you, a lot more activities happening in Eagle Ford? What does that look like in the way of numbers? You're starting to see um, companies hire again. But I don't think you're going to see them ramped up like you saw back in 2013 and 2014. Um, the industry has become very uh, lean. Um, they've figured out how to drill cost effectively. Um, their timelines have decreased. So you're seeing while you're seeing rig counts go up, I think you're seeing companies be very cautious as well too. They don't want to overhire um, and then have to lay off again in a year or two. But all signs are very positive. There's more investment going into Eagleford than there was last year. Obviously, with the rig counts going up, you've had to hire some folks. Uh, but I think industry's being very cautious at this point not to ramp up too much where they're overemployed and then they have to let go of people if, if we have a downturn in, in the in the markets again. What does the available workforce look like today versus uh, two years ago? It's a good question, Alvin. It's tough because you have people that have oil and gas experience that were laid off and have moved on to other careers. And some of those careers have afforded them an opportunity to stay employed with a steady job. So some people um, that went through the downturn for the first time are probably not eager to go back into the oil field. Those that have seen the downturn in the past are, are more likely to go back into the oil field than those that just experienced the downturn for the first time. Has this had any effect on technical schools and colleges and their education programs that have gotten pretty geared toward oil and gas. You're still seeing a lot of students in South Texas sign up for these classes. They're still enrolled because a lot of a lot what people don't understand is that there's opportunities beyond South Texas. You have opportunities in West Texas. You have opportunities in New Mexico, in Oklahoma, and, and all over the world. So um, if you're willing to travel and you're willing to leave South Texas, you can be employed in this industry for the next 20 to 25 years. It's just, are you willing to move your family? Are you willing to leave home and go explore other opportunities throughout the state and the world? A very good friend of mine lives three blocks from me in Jordanton, Texas, and he travels two weeks on, two weeks off to Alaska. And, Absolutely. Oh, that's and, not a bad job. And they just, found, they just found a major oil fine they did. Uh, two weeks ago that was in the news. That's right. So that's very positive for Alaska. That's right. Well, you know, the one nice thing in seeing that it's going to grow uh, somewhat slower than the first time, because the first time in Eagle Ford, what, four or five years ago, it was like a modern-day gold rush. Uh, people were coming to Texas and Eagle Ford, South Texas, as fast as they could get here because of the jobs. And so it's nice to see that we won't see some of the problems and headaches these little towns had to endure. It's going to be a slow ramp up, but with great paying jobs and really being able to help these little communities, but at a pace that's manageable for them. I think rural South, the downturn allowed rural South Texas communities to catch up on infrastructure, catch up on quality of life amenities, so that when the oil returned, they were more prepared. They had more infrastructure in place, roads, pipelines, a housing. They've, they've figured it out, lessons learned from the last time. But again, with, with new technology and efficiencies, 
we may not need to see 260 rigs. The equivalent to that may be 120. So as long as we have manageable, sustained activity in South Texas, that's going to be good for everybody. Well, hopefully, Omar, we have you know great things on the horizon for the Eagle Ford. Uh, right now, we do need to take a quick break. In the next segment, we're going to talk about some new projects going on in South Texas. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with Kim Bellotto and our special guest, Omar Garcia of Steer. And we'll be right back. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. I'm Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our special guest in studio, Omar Garcia. Kim, uh, I think you've got some questions about some new projects going on in South Texas. Yes, you? Alvin. You know, um, Omar, we've had some exciting announcements here in the last couple of months about some new projects moving into South Texas. And one that I want to ask you about in an update is the announcement from ExxonMobil that they were interested in Gregory, Texas to move an ethanol plant uh, into Portland, correct? Yes, Exxon is looking at building a, um, a world-class uh, plastic ethylene plant uh, north of Corpus Christi in the Gregory Portland area. This is a game changer for, for that region in the sense that the economic benefit, the amount of jobs, the investment is unprecedented. And I like to consider this the, the Toyota plant for South Texas. You know, Toyota has done a lot of great things in San Antonio, uh, but this is the, a South Texas equivalent because to have a company, uh, arguably the, the most recognizable name in the world in Exxon, uh, wanting to invest in that region uh, is a phenomenal opportunity, and we hope that that opportunity comes to fruition. When you're talking about um, a $70 billion in economic gains, 4,000 permanent jobs in the first decade, and an average salary of 90000 I think most communities in America would die for that. Uh, certainly, there's been some challenges. Um, there's been a lot of information that is not credible, uh, that has some people on edge, but I think time and time again, uh, Exxon, uh, Steer and other partners have been able to get into South Texas and really disseminate accurate information to ease any concerns. Um, yesterday, um, the Gregory Portland, I'm sorry, the San Patricio County um, Commissioner's Court approved a tax abatement, which is a big step uh, in landing this project. Um, the Gregory Portland Independent School District will be taking up this item later this week, and we expect a positive outcome there. And I think once that happens, uh, it is our hope that Exxon will uh, announce that Gregory Portland, uh, San Patricio County is their preferred site. You know, there is competition. They're looking at Victoria, which would be great for South Texas as well, too. We cover Victoria, and, and we have a lot of friends in Victoria. Uh, and then where we don't want it to go is to Louisiana. We want to see that investment in Texas, and we want to see it in South Texas. So whether it goes to Victoria or San Patricio County, it's a win for us all. You know, I have to tell you, we've had 
uh, ExxonMobil as a guest on our show here a couple of months back, Alvin. And uh, if you remember the discussion that we had with them was how important that area needs this investment. Uh, You know, you're talking about a a rural area of South Texas that uh, Omar literally has one restaurant in one a small convenience store in uh, the little town of Baytown. So, I mean, these, and, and, and it's this way all through the little counties that are out there. They desperately need uh, something like this to help grow their economy in, this, and, in these and small on towns. That, what is Steer's role in helping these small communities prepare for, for growth like that? Well, I think it's twofold. Um, a couple of things, you know, this wouldn't be possible without the Eagle Fur to begin with. Um, this plant, if it's built, whether it's built in Victoria or San Patricio County, is going to take advantage of the natural gas coming out of the Eagleford. Cost-effective, um, ease of availability. This wouldn't be happening without the Eagleford. So I think that's something that we all need to be thankful for. And not only will they be using gas from the Eagleford, it's going to help sustain drilling. So those are two important factors. Um, Steer's role in this is to is with the community. Uh, to make sure that the community understands the importance of this project. A lot of people have questions about safety and the environment. And we've been out in the community giving some speeches, we've written a couple of op-eds, we've had a Facebook campaign, making sure that the accurate information is out there so that people understand that this is a good thing and not a bad thing. Uh, again, this is a game changer. Um, the Corpus Christi San Patricio region along the Corpus Christi Ship Channel has seen unprecedented growth because of the oil and gas industry. There's been some layoffs in the, in the marine fabricator industry, some other layoffs in other industries. But if this project comes to fruition, <clears throat> all those layoffs will, will be wiped out, and you'll see a positive gain in economic development in this region. Well, it's, an, it's a growth in an industry that's going to use our resources, employ our people, and produce a product that, that we need and use every single day, whether it be plastic bottles or whether it be, uh, you know, storage tanks. Makeup. Yeah, absolutely, and, and well, not to mention a domestic, but also global demand as well too. I mean, this is going to have implications globally as well too, as some of these products will be shipped throughout the world. So to wrap up this segment, Omar, I think what we're talking about is the the Exxon Mobil project is jobs, 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 growth. This is going to be a great thing for South Texas. How do we ensure that we're going to get this project? Community support, making sure that our voice is heard. You know, you always see our opposition out. But you never see those that are supporting a project out in public. And it's for several reasons. We're working. We have family commitments. We're busy. Um, but it's, it's moving forward with any project related to oil and gas, we have to be able to mobilize and provide support in public settings, whether it's county commissioners meetings, uh, school board meetings, city council meetings. It's important that we show support. So um, radio shows like in the Oil Patch, Shell Magazine, Texas Energy Advocates Coalition, these are all three major components uh, and partners that STEER uses to ensure that our voice is heard, but we've got to continue to grow that. And before the end of the show, we're going to tell you how you can help us support these projects. So keep listening. Right now, we do need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. 
So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our special guest in studio, the president of the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. I tried to say that real fast instead of just saying steer every time. Omar Garcia, welcome back to the program. You know, Omar, we've had a lot of um, challenges in Eagle Ford, but we've also seen a lot of uh, operators that have moved out and moved in. And so I, I wanted to just briefly uh, ask you, tell us about some of the new operators that are moving into South Texas. One of the biggest news stories of, of 2017 has been that Sanchez Energy that uh, has deep roots to Laredo and Webb County, but is headquartered in Houston, uh, purchased the assets from Anadarko. Uh, Anadarko is making big investments in West Texas in the Permian Basin, and so their Eagleford assets were for sale. Um, with the acquisition of Anadarko's uh, acreage in Eagleford, uh, Sanchez Energy becomes uh, the third largest operator in Eagleford in terms of acreage position. What does that mean in terms of production? It's hard to tell at this point. You know, Sanchez Energy is still taking over the assets from Anadarko. They're doing evalu- evaluations right now, figuring out where they're going to start to drill. I mean, most of Anadarko's assets are in Webb County. Uh, Dimmit and LaSalle County. And then, of course, Sanchez has assets in those same regions, but they also have assets on the eastern tier of the Eagleford in Lavaca and Fayette County. So, you know, you can expect Sanchez to be a major player in Eagleford for years to come with this acquisition. We've also seen a couple of new service companies. Um, BJ Services uh, is now uh, locating where the old Baker Hughes on the south side of San Antonio is. And we also have Keen Energy, who was purchased by Trican in the in the downturn, also moving into Pleasanton, Texas. So there's a lot of activity happening in, in Eagle Ford, again, with operators coming into the area. Nice, large service companies. Yeah, you're going to continue to see a lot of mergers and acquisitions, uh, especially if oil prices uh, stay where they are and they rise above $50, $55, $60. You're going to continue to see M&A in, in the Eagle Ford, and that's a good thing. You're going to see some changes. Uh, you're still going to see great operators in South Texas. You're going to see some new faces. Uh, some faces may be exiting. Uh, I think one of the important things to keep in mind is right now, a lot of the new investment is going to West Texas and the Permian Basin because of its um, massive shell play. It's got different levels. Uh, you're seeing you're seeing companies invest in that region, which is not to say that the Eagleford is going away. It's not what I'm saying. It's just that companies are spending a little bit more money in West Texas than they are in the Eagleford. But Production, um, drilling, uh, activity will continue in South Texas for years to come. Now, is there more of a focus right now on, on oil or gas, or is it split for Eagle Ford? It's kind of split. It just depends if you're an operator on what side of the Eagle Ford you're on. You know, if you're on the west side, you're drilling more for, for dry natural gas. If you're on the east side, you're looking more for oil. Uh, it just depends what contracts you have to fulfill and where your acreage position is. Um, we, we've talked about you know new projects for Eagle Ford 
what are we doing for our natural gas infrastructure to be able to move that gas? You're seeing a lot of pipeline uh, infrastructure. Howard Energy, for one, is building a pipeline from Catula into Monterrey. Um, you're seeing new pipelines that are going to connect between West Texas and the Port of Corpus Christi. Uh, so that pipeline infrastructure is key. It's going to allow for more drilling, but most importantly, it's going to take trucks off the road, uh, which will help us reduce any traffic accidents, any safety issues. So pipeline infrastructure is key, and I can't stress that enough for the Eagleford. And if you've ever hit a pothole, you know how important it is to take a couple of big trucks off the road. Yes, absolutely. And I absolutely. think the other important thing to bring into the topic is we all uh, witnessed a complete failure on a massive level with uh, North Dakota's uh, pipeline situation. And it turned out to be a complete disaster. And I think the most important thing that we can learn from that lesson is that pipeline is the safest way to transport this precious commodity to us. We don't want 18-wheelers or even by train and it is safe. There's hundreds, there's millions of miles of pipeline under us right now as we speak all over the United States. This is not new, and yet you would think that it's new, if you but saw, it's not. If, 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 if people understood, if they saw a map of all the pipelines that are running throughout the United States, they would just be shocked. Uh, pipelines is the safest way to transport any kind of commodity. Uh, if we can take trucks and rail cars out of the equation, it just makes it that much safer. Well, and it's the most efficient way to to move commodities. Absolutely. And very interesting uh, what happened. Um, I want to move on to another topic, though, because we've had another great announcement of a of a refinery coming into South Texas, which is Raven Petroleum. What is going on with them? Uh, and tell us a little bit about that project. Raven Petroleum is looking at is putting a refinery in Duval County. Uh, so if you're not familiar with South Texas, Duval County is literally between Corpus Christi and Laredo. Um, this ref- this refinery is being built to service um, the emerging markets in Mexico and their demand for natural gas and oil. Uh, it's a big opportunity for rural South Texas that has not seen an investment like this in probably the last 25 years. But again, it's uh, uh, this is all coming about because of the Eagleford and, and the current levels of production and future levels of production that are anticipated. Um, this refinery um, will employ... If I'm not mistaken, a couple hundred folks, uh, high-paying jobs. Uh, the con- construction jobs will be over 600 folks. Uh, Raven Petroleum is currently undergoing the permitting process. Uh, they've got a couple of patents they're trying to get approved. But from all indications, this project continues to move forward. Um, there are a lot of excited people uh, in South Texas. And I think one of the key things that Raven is doing is working very closely with community stakeholders. Uh, they're working with the they're local. They're doing it right. They're doing it right. They're wor- working with local colleges uh, in Corpus and Laredo to make sure the training programs are, are up to par with what they need to hire employees from South Texas, which I think is very important that they want to hire local. They're not trying to bring in labor from other parts of the, of the country just to fill these jobs. No, they have an investment in the community and want to make sure that they hire local. When's the, when's the last time we added a refinery in the United States? We haven't had a refinery built out since the eighties, since the 1980s. So, um, with the growth from shell development throughout the country, um, it's probably time that we get one built. You know, we, we talk about... A modern one. Yeah, we, we talk about adding rigs and we talk about the, the oil and gas industry in the in the U.S. Has, has had this major growth spurt over the last 10 years, but we haven't added any 
any way to refine that product so since the 1980s. Hey, we do need to take a quick break. We've got one more segment left, and, and I think we've got some more big things going on in Eagle Ford that we want to talk about. But we'll be right back with more in the oil patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with Kim Bellotto and our special guest, Omar Garcia. See you on the flip side. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me. A Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Are you looking for an opportunity to connect with hundreds of professionals in the energy industry and learn about current trends, which will shape every aspect of energy for years to come? Join us for the 2017 Women's Energy Network National Conference from April 26th through the 28th at the brand new Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown Houston. The theme of this year's conference is Energy Resilience Refueling Innovation, featuring presentations and panels by industry leaders to educate you about emerging issues, inspire you to lead, and orient you to the challenges facing each sector. The event will include keynote presentations from Judy Smith, Inspiration4, and co-executive producer of the hit series, Scandal, a presentation from Jack Gerard, CEO and President of the American Petroleum Institute, and an industry keynote panel featuring Elizabeth Killinger, President of NRG Retail and Reliant, Jody Markopoulos, GE Oil and Gas Chief Operating Officer, and CJ Warner, Tesoro Executive Vice President of Operations, as well as four diverse breakout tracks for you to select based on what fits your needs and career stage. In addition, there will be mentoring circles, an expo hall where you can speak with sponsors, and a LinkedIn corner where you can update your profile, speak with recruiters, and even take a new headshot. Registration includes a wine tasting, fitness events, and other social activities at the beautiful Marriott Marquis, the host hotel for Super Bowl 51, as well as a Texas shaped pool and access to excellent dining and entertainment options in downtown Houston. You can sign up at our website, www.womensenergynetwork.org. And as a reader of Shell Magazine, you're eligible for a discount registration code. If you can't attend our conference, you can visit the site to join as a WIN member and participate in informative luncheons and networking events throughout the year. We hope that you join us at the 2017 WIN National Conference, April 26th through the 28th. For more information, visit www.womensenergynetwork.org. Welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto and our special guest in studio this week from the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable, Omar Garcia. And Omar, we've been talking about new projects and new things going on for Eagle Ford. I know Kim wants to get into some of the some of the national politics and, and some of the ways the new administration is looking at our industry. But first, let's 
let's revisit Eagle Ford and some of the new things going on in Eagle Ford, and then we'll uh, we'll let Kim beat you up on the national stuff. I think the biggest thing is is just the recount to go from thirty rigs uh, four months ago to over seventy is have any big impact on South Texas. Um, small businesses are thriving again. Uh, companies are hiring. Uh, the outlook is positive. Um, you're seeing one of the world's largest companies um, look at making a multi-billion dollar investment in the Corpus Christi, Gregory, Portland area uh, to build an ethylene plant that will employ uh, 600 permanent jobs with the average salary of 90000 thousands of construction jobs, thousands of spinoff jobs. Uh, you've got a refinery uh, looking at Duval County in rural South Texas. Uh, to build a refinery, a modern refinery uh, with renewable technology uh, to service the emerging markets in Mexico. Um, and just overall, continued growth in the Eagle for continued drilling, continued production. Things are looking up a lot more than they were, say, late 2016. Exploration in oil and gas in Texas is important for us all. Excellent point, Kim. And, you know, no matter how well the state of Texas has diversified its economy, and they've done a great job under Governor Perry, now under Governor Abbott, you know, Texas has become the leader in economic development, not only in the country, but in, in but in the world. But the fact remains that the oil and gas industry is the backbone of this economy. When you look at the amount of money in taxes paid back to the state, it's it's staggering. And if people understood that. It's mind boggling. Yeah, Twelve people, billion dollars, if, 13 if, billion if, dollars. If people understood that, they'd understand the importance of this industry and why they should support it. Because the last two sessions, the budget was not even a not a difficult process now because the oil industry has been down for almost two years you're seeing budget cuts as you mentioned where are we, are we going to take away from social programs our school is going to be uh have less revenue our university is going to be less funded less research um less everything and it's important that people understand that uh Texas is as healthy as the oil and gas industry. As the oil industry goes so does Texas. And so when you look at also the uh, operators how how accountable they are in looking at the very best technology that money can buy to make sure that they are exploring uh, in a way that is mindful to the uh, environment. Um, they take advantage of uh, new technology that's coming online that makes, believe it or not, exploring for oil and gas greener. Uh, and we need those technologies because I believe also that if it's not the United States operators that are uh, exploring I don't think other countries that are leading the way are going to be as environmentally friendly as we are to try to find the best ways and the best technologies that exist. Um, and so it's important that the United States continues to develop our resources. But I want to switch gears a little bit because, you know, we haven't had you back on the show to discuss this new administration and the effects that they are having uh, on the energy sector. So, uh, you know, this administration seems to be very uh, energy friendly. Um, we've seen a lot of activity coming out of this administration. Tell me a little bit about what you think the operators, uh, your operators are, are, are seeing and dealing with. There's no question that this administration um, has certainly helped the oil and gas industry. Um, but it's important to remember that it's not the wild, wild west where there's no permitting going on or, or regulations have been lax to the point that nobody cares. It's quite the opposite. What has happened is, is, is now you have an administration that is willing to work with the oil and gas industry uh, instead of putting impediments to growth. Um, the permitting process uh, has become uh, to the point where Companies are re-engaging with the EPA. They're re-engaging with OSHA. They're wanting to work with fe the federal regulators. But we're not taking our eye off the ball 
in terms of being safe, conscious, environmentally friendly operators. That hasn't changed. Um, the difference is, is that you have an administration now that supports oil and gas industry that understands the jobs that it creates, the taxes that go back to the states, and that has been the, the biggest fundamental difference between the previous administration and the current one we have in, in D.C. Well, over, over regulatory restrictions, excessive permitting, was not allowing companies to go explore for oil and gas uh, because it was not economically viable with right. all the additional steps that needed to be taken place. That's right. Well, in the last uh, 20, 30 seconds here, Omar, what's your outlook for oil and gas for the remainder of 2017? I think if things politically, geopolitically um, stay where they're at, I think you'll see oil um, remain in the 50s, maybe even touch the low 60s, which will be beneficial to us all because companies will continue to invest uh, and explore uh, in Texas. Lomar, it's great to have you on the show. We haven't seen you in six months, and it, it's been Don't great to so have you back. Don't take so long to come back. <laughs> well, I won't. I won't. We'll be back soon. So we're going to have to make you the subject of today's trivia question. And if you'd like to be a part of today's trivia, just be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And you'll win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, and that's an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question, Kim. Thanks, Alvin. Today's trivia question is, Omar Garcia works for South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. What is his position? Again, all you have to do is be the first email with the correct answer to radio at shalemag.com, and you'll win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo to Chow. And Kim, you know, that's going to wrap it for the week. Uh, be sure... And like us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash in the Oil Patch Radio Show. And on Twitter, at Shale Mag. And until next week, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.